Hello and welcome to MLW Confusion. I'm your host Rob Cameron, bringing you all that you may or may not need to know about Major League Wrestling and its television programming. This week we're taking a look at MLW Fusion 184 Street Fight in our main event, but first, the news. This past week, we've gotten a couple of matches announced from MLW Slaughterhouse. That will be October 14th at the Philadelphia 2300 Arena. Uh, also streaming on Fight Plus, so get yourself that if you want to see it. Uh, but we got two matches, uh, first of which is they finally made it official. Going to be for the World Featherweight Championship, as Delmi Exo will be taking on the number one contender, international pop superstar uh, Becca. Uh, these two have been feuding for a wee bit of time and it's finally time to put pen to paper, get ourselves a match, cash in on that number one contendership that Becca won uh, by defeating Maki Ito last month. So looking forward to seeing this match. Delmi Exo, friend of the show. And of course, I stand super hard for Becca. It has also been announced that we have clarified uh, Mance Warner's Slaughterhouse's uh, Chamber of Horrors. It was just Chamber of Horrors, but I saw the word Slaughterhouse and just felt the need to read it off my notes. Uh, as uh, the second gear crew, consisting of Mance Warner and Matthew Justice, takes on the callings Cannonball and Talon. Uh, evidently, this is going to be like the full old-school... Uh, WCW Chamber of Horrors match with a chair of torture in the ring. So I'm assuming we got to climb up uh, the cage a bit, throw the fatal lever, and possibly electrocute whoever happens to be in the chair. So uh, I am looking forward to it because the original was a garbage fire. I have no reason to think this one won't be as well. So I, I'm all I'm all for it. I'm excited. Uh, and of course, I'm also excited for the Featherweight Championship match as well. Like, it's stacking up to be a pretty solid card now that they're kind of, like, with two weeks left, getting the ball rolling on some of the advertisement on this. Of course, the other two matches announced uh, prior to tonight's fusion was uh, New Japan versus MLW as Angry Murder Grandpa Minoru Suzuki takes on Jacob Fatu. And for the World Heavyweight Championship, Alex Kane of the Bomaye Fight Club takes on Davey Boy Smith Jr. of the World Titan Federation. Uh, so we got ourselves a pretty solid looking card. Uh, and we got at least one more match announced during Fusion tonight. Uh, so I'll toss that out there once we get over there. Um, but no, we got we got more moves, like something that's not just uh, not just uh, slaughterhouse related. Actually, it's surprisingly big. We'll see how it turns out, though. Uh, but like last night, Wednesday night, at least at the time of this here taping, it was announced that MLW has entered a partnership with both New Japan and CMML. Uh, CMLL. I don't know if I pronounced it right the first time because I just talk a mile a minute and sometimes I don't listen to myself. And by sometimes, I mean all the time. I don't listen to myself. Anyway, uh, so we already knew about the New Japan partnership. So the CMLL shouldn't uh, be too much of a stretch. Like, we should have maybe seen it coming uh, because New Japan and CMLL are pretty darn tight. Um... But with the uh, return of Selena De La Renta, and now we have a new Lucha partnership, like, it's going to be crazy go nuts, and I am down here for it, um, hoping it turns out well, and it's not just kind of a one-off thing, which I doubt it is, because uh, MLW does have a pretty good history of 
utilizing luchadores uh, in the in in the promotion, whether it's their own luchadors, uh, luchadors from AAA, um, etc. So like this is gonna get like these things are getting crazy go nuts here. Like I'm kind of impressed. We'll see how things turn out though. Um, and Selena De Laurenta promised us some her first luchador uh, tonight, and we're gonna get that here in a moment. So let's just jump right in. Let's go for it. Fusion 184. Uh, we have like a sub intro kind of thing before Joe and Matt welcome us to the show. Selena De Laurenta comes out and ba- interrupts them. Basically just says she has a huge announcement tonight and leaves. So I'm not even sure what the point that was about. Like they've already hyped up to no end her announcement tonight. We didn't really just need her to interrupt the play by play guys for no good reason as we go into the intro come back and we're just going to start things off hot uh, as zeta steel is on her way to the ring wearing some nifty sunglasses she is battling mlw draft pick tiara james once the bell rings uh they try to lock up tiara just keeps on rolling uh finally after a little bit of tiara like showing off her moves zeta just slaps the taste out of tiara's mouth and makes a break for it tiara does catch up with her outside the ring after uh we'll call it a modified baseball slide uh drop kick through the ropes whatever um after a quick brawl outside the ring they come inside uh this allows steel to take over for a bit however steel misses a clothesline or two to allow uh James to come back with a couple of John Cena-esque shoulder tackles and a big spine buster. Doesn't go for the cover, though, and uh, Matt Stryker cover, uh, covers for her uh, quite well. Uh, get the double arm DDT to secure the victory. Your winner, Tiara James. Uh, this match was quick and really was all that it needed to be uh, if we're trying to establish uh, Steel, uh, excuse me, James, uh, off of her loss the other week. Um, so yeah, it was a quick match that showed, uh, allowed James to kind of show off what she can do in a winning effort, allows her to make, you know, make a little bit of a comeback from her debut loss to Becca, which, I mean, despite being a draft pick, obviously they have big plans for Becca, so she wasn't going to win that match. Um, but otherwise, you know, totally serviceable for what it was supposed to be, and that was to put T.R. James over, and she did just that. Uh, last week, we had a big old brawl, a brawl involving the Calling and the Second Gear crew. It was noted that uh, after RSP squished the one called Manders, a thumb drive with the Calling card of the Calling is left by the production truck. Uh, they play the footage of it, which I'm not even sure why they did that when the, the Calling has promos like every week. Uh, Ricky Shane Page calls out the one called Manders, uh, notes that he is not a cowboy, he's just a boy from Iowa, which I have been saying for years. Uh, I guess I don't owe Ricky Shane Page money now because he's just stealing my lines. Um, he also takes this as an opportunity to officially introduce Cannonball being baptized in blood, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, Cannonball's a big dude in a mask that uh, isn't Dr. Cornwallis, which makes me sad because I miss Dr. Cornwallis already. Following that, we get Jimmy Lloyd throwing up in a garbage can because that's what Jimmy Lloyd does. I not really. I, I mean, I don't think so. I, I've not caught too many promos of Jimmy Lloyd, really. Uh, but there's some irony of a man hanging out in a garbage can uh, with uh, some people's opinions of Deathmatch Wrestling. Anywho, he is met by Mance Warner because they're BFFs now. Uh, Jimmy points out that he's been exercising all day, and that's why he's been throwing up. Uh, he's trying to make weight for the middleweight championship bout at the end of the show. Uh, evidently, he's trying to 
be a middleweight. Good luck, man. Um, but Mancer's, yeah, baby, all about the gold. Uh, saves the uh, little promo because that's what Mancer is there for. Oh, we get uh, Selena DeVarenta. She is back. She's finally ready to give us her big announcement and the first luchadore to appear on MLW television as part of the CMLL partnership is Rocky Romero. Uh, Rocky Romero making his return to MLW at Slaughterhouse. He will be taking on Akira in a, like a middleweight battle uh, as both men hold middleweight championships for their respective organizations. So that should be a fun match as well uh, for what's already becoming a pretty stacked card. Uh, following this, we have our second match featuring number one draft pick Kevin Blackwood, triple threat match featuring TJ Crawford and IWTV uh, champion Alec Price, though at the time of the taping he wasn't the champion yet, so I uh, got some star power in this here match. Uh, bell rings, we start off with a double team uh, on Crawford until he just powders out of the ring as he should because he's getting his ass kicked uh price and blackwood go off really neither of them getting the advantage blackwood comes in and just shows them how to take advantage of a situation uh, and, and spo specifically focusing on alec price uh price though comes back and hits a half and half followed by a springboard ddt for two we go to break and uh, we're back to double-teaming Crawford uh, before Blackwood turns his attention to Price as well. Uh, Crawford comes in and eats a, DD, a DVD for a two-count. Uh, Crawford hits a Falcon Arrow. Should have won it because nobody kicks out of the Falcon Arrow. But alas, uh, Kevin Blackwood did. Uh, but uh, Crawford expected this somehow and locked in a triangle choke instead. Uh, this leads to... Uh, Blackwood go, go, lifting up uh, Crawford. Out of, like names are things are so crazy. Names are not good for me right now. Uh, Cr uh, Crawford gets lifted up in a powerbomb position, and Alec Price out of nowhere hits like a springboard blockbuster off the powerbomb. Uh, it's crazy go nuts. This really wakes Price up, and he is just a house of fire, taking everything out. Hits a gnarly dive outside of the ring, gets uh, some mad air off that onto uh, onto Crawford on the arena floor. About this time, though, the masked man who spoke with Crawford last week comes in and starts putting the boots to Price uh, before uh, ducking out. Uh, Inside the ring, though, Blackwood comes off the top rope and eats a spin kick, and that is the end of the match. Uh, one, two, three, TJ Crawford with the flash of victory. Um, so I'll give my thoughts on this match, and then we'll kind of move into the after effect. Uh, really, dude, this is your number one draft pick, and he debuts in a loss. I, I really don't know what to say, man. I really don't, like... Don't get me wrong, like, I ta we talked about it on the Urban Wrestling Podcast, that, you know, Blackwood seems to be an afterthought, Cardona should be the one who who's your draft pick, uh, Matt Cardona should be, like, the number one draft pick, uh, instead they kind of, like, went left field and got Kevin Blackwood, and who's, don't get me wrong, is a very good wrestler, and a guy, like, who could be worthy of a number one draft pick, um, but this is his debut, and he's losing to Crawford, whose win-loss record in MLW is not terribly stellar. And you can argue that, you know, there was some stuff going on with the masked man, but the masked man really didn't touch 
Blackwood at all. He focused his efforts on eliminating Price, which honestly should, you know, also helped Blackwood's odds of winning this here match, too. So, like, yeah, wasn't uh, thrilled about that's That's how we're starting off here. Uh, number one draft pick. Cool. Uh, Sam Laterna is ringside with uh, TJ Crawford. Blackwood interrupts and tells Crawford that he respects Crawford when the masked man shows up and attacks Blackwood, too, because why not? Uh, Two-on-one attack outside the ring. We got we got the ring attendants and referees down. Uh, not enough, though, as uh, Blackwood gets his ankle wrapped in a chair and pilmanized. Masked man removes his mask to reveal a absolutely crazed Tony Deppin. I have no clue what's going on with this relationship between Crawford and uh, and uh, Deppin. I, uh, I mean, obviously, we are going to find out here, hopefully in the near future. That was crazy go nuts. Um... And it looks like we have written off our number one draft pick for a bit, too. Yay! <laughs> so, I'm going to go calm down with an energy drink or something of the like. Uh, stay tuned. Uh, I'll be back after this brief pause for the cause. Back in one moment. If you're like me, sometimes you need a pick-me-up to get you through the day. I drink Ray's Energy for that pickup. Ray's comes in a bunch of different flavors, and more recently, Italian Ice, which is great, by the way. And it contains no sugar, so there's no crash after you drink it. And, really, like, best of all, if you go through me and go to wetrepsports.com, use my code CASS, you get 15% off your order. So, also, be like Cass, drink Ray's Energy. All right, we are back. Sam Laterna's reset herself as well. She is backstage with Ichiban and his translator. Uh, what it boils down to is that Ichiban intends to be the number one middleweight in MLW. Following this, we have our big World Titan Federation expose, and it amounts to absolutely bubkiss. It wasn't an expose, it was just noting that basically Mr. Saint Laurent uh, founded a new company, and now there's an interpromotional battle within MLW. So MLW's or WTF is technically a subsidiary of MLW and we're going to have a promotion war. Cool. And they put over like that. It's not uncommon in wrestling for there to be, you know, some variation of an exodus or, uh, you know, a bunch of talent leaving the promotion for a new, uh, startup promotion. Um, but really it wasn't an expose at all. So we're, we're doing, doing what we're supposed to do and promoting, and then, of course, the payoff is meh. Meh. Anyway, things that wasn't entirely meh. Matt, Matt Cordona, who is doing the Twitter takeover today, excuse me, uh, the social media takeover, specifically YouTube, uh, is in the uh, social media lounge. Uh, he is going to answer some questions from us peons when a wild Maki Ito appears. She yells at... Matt Cardona, he kind of yells back at her when an even wilder Mance Warner appears and attacks Cardona, slamming his head off of his phone, and it's hilarious. It's great, so at least check that out. Uh, nice uh, little uh, juxtaposition between the last segment. Oh, and then another juxtaposition. Get the Slaughterhouse Control Center. Um, they put uh, go over the card. Uh, that's been announced so far. Uh, also announcing the Chamber of Horror matches. Match, excuse me. 
and the latest match just announced right here, right, well, right then, I guess, technically. Spin the wheel, make the deal. The one called Manders is challenging Ricky Shane Page for the MLW National Openweight Championship. What match will it be? Well, I hope we're keeping the theme of WCW and getting a coal miner's glove match, because that'd be sweet. Instead, it's probably going to be chaps on a pole. Go ahead and mark that down, ladies and gentlemen, that crazy cast just thought the match is going to be a regular pole match. Anyhow, so yeah, yeah. Uh, Manders versus RSP. We kind of figured, at least I kind of figured that match was coming. Um, because, you know, why else would those two pair off last week in the brawl? Uh, and have that big moment at the end of the show. Uh, speaking of big moments, it is time for our main event. Jimmy Lloyd takes on Akira. I guess it's for the national uh, for the uh, middleweight championship. It is a street fight. Uh, before Akira even makes it all the way to the ring with the gas mask goons, Lloyd just dives over the ropes, takes out the goons. Akira just just like, dude, really. Big boots him. Uh, but this offense doesn't last for long as uh, Lloyd takes him around the ring, beating on Akira, looking to get some weapons and gouges. I'm not sure if it's a spike or uh, I guess it's a spike. We'll just call it a spike. So maybe a screwdriver gouges Akira's back. That Really, like if you've noticed like the last couple of episodes of Fusion, his back has been taped up going for that tape. Well, we finally make it back in the ring, and now the match starts. So, uh, despite being a street fight and there's no rules, we were waiting for everyone to enter the ring for this match to start. Uh, Lloyd has a ladder, goes all Terry Funk with it, spinning round and round and round. Uh, however, this is not sustained as he gets suplayed through said ladder and eats a capo kick for his efforts. Uh, outside the ring, uh, we have a butter knife. Well, it's not a real butter knife, but just a regular kind of kitchen knife that's, you know, not super sharp. But, you know, still kind of pointy. Goes for the webbing of Jimmy Lloyd's fingers, Akira does. And that's, that That always, oh, that kind of always gets me. Um, and also starts cutting away at his forehead, fish hooking him, just using the knife in all sorts of cool knife ways. Uh, the fish hooking, that was also pretty gnarly too. Akira's playing with Jimmy Lloyd's blood, like licking the blood off the knife and or taking the blood and you know, wiping around his face. Uh, so Jimmy Lloyd's kind of a mess at this point, though. Um, what we get do get a nifty, a nifty uh, fish hook Russian leg sweep. Nothing like Brad Armstrong did, but you know, this isn't Brad Armstrong because he's been dead for ten years. Uh, in the meanwhile, though, the crowd's finally coming alive. Uh, Go, uh, trying to will Jimmy Lloyd back into the fight, which he does. Uh, he also hits a falcon arrow through a chair. Only gets two, which I'm not sure because it's impossible to kick out of the falcon arrow. Uh, jo- uh, Lloyd brings in the thumbtacks. Uh, and Akiro Saito's <laughs> Lloyd into said thumbtacks. Uh, we do get like a big back and forth sequence uh, with a poison rana by Akira. A, a big powerbomb by Lloyd. Uh, Matthew Justice and RSP like randomly come out and fight each other for like a split second, um, which kind of dis- dis- uh, distracts Akira. But uh, package pile driver wakes him up, not really, kind of knocks him down for two. Uh, however, we do get the big power up sequence. There's a bunch of chairs just standing in the corner, so they climb up on the chairs to do something. Turns out that something is a DDT. Akira DDTing Lloyd through the chairs to get the pinfall victory. Your winner, and still MLW middleweight champion, Akira.
Um, yeah, uh, it's a fun match overall, but I like that sort of stuff. I will admit, though, I think MLW is starting to kind of overdo it with the... Uh, we've been calling it Deathmatch Light. Uh, it's a little bit more than hardcore, but it's not full Deathmatch because you don't want to get kicked off YouTube or TV because we do have a TV deal in place. Um, but yeah, like I, it was a totally serviceable match, and I, when I re- discuss it with the Urban Wrestling guys, I'll be the only one who remotely enjoyed it. Um, but I, but overall, I do agree. Like I, I, I think they're overdoing the uh, quasi-deathmatch stuff in the company. Uh, and hopefully, like, with the newer sets of tapings uh, moving away from Philadelphia, they'll kind of get that out of their system. Or at least, well, once Slaughterhouse is done, they'll get it out of their system. Uh, again, I say this as a fan. Like, I do enjoy it, but it has its place. And if you do it all the time, it doesn't make sense. And really, like, let's be realistic about it, too. Deathmatch wrestling has a very negative stigma uh, about it and if we really want MLW to you know take advantage of like some of the partnerships that it has now or to continue to grow and expand I don't think death matches are going to be the way to expand and if you're only having two or three matches a show and you know you have a deathmatch style match like every show and like you can you, know, you can argue with me like oh that wasn't deathmatch well no it technically wasn't deathmatch it was a street fight but really whenever you throw that much blood in and you really focus on some of the, like we'll call it the gouging um that's very much deathmatch stuff they weren't you know necessarily doing like w- you know weird creative chair spots um and obviously just the amount of blood alone that Jimmy Lloyd poured out like it was more than just hardcore. It was deathmatch light. And as I said, like, I'm a fan of it. But if we're looking at mainstream wrestling, it has a time and a place. And every week is not that. Um, otherwise, you kind of, like, get yourself kind of sorted into that stigma. And, like, you could say, like, oh, yeah, but John Moxley bleeds every week. Yeah, and we make fun of him for it. Uh, and there's a big difference between John Moxley and... I. It makes me sound like I'm putting down MLW. But there's a big difference in star power... Uh, between John Moxley and most of the MLW roster. So he is going to get half a pass. Not necessarily for me, though, because I think he bleeds entirely too much. Um, but a lot of wrestling fans will give him like half a pass just because either A, it's John Moxley, or B, it's AEW. And MLW really doesn't quite have that luxury uh, when trying to take fans. Uh, but again, like taking it to the positive, I enjoyed the match. I really did. Um, I'm just... You know, armchair quarterbacking, armchair financiering, whatever it is you want to call it. Um, just, you know, trying to look out for MLW. Uh, but yeah, it, I thought it was a decent enough match. Uh, but this is what they brought in Lloyd to do, basically, is come in and bleed and be hardcore. Obviously, Akira is no stranger to that style as well. Uh, but the show is not over. We have to go to... Uh, WTF Towers briefly. Uh, MSL always has his hands in there stirring the pot, making it gross because why are you stirring the pot with your hands? Uh, putting over the title fight between Davy Boy Smith Jr. and Alex Kane. He notes that Davy Boy has knocked Alex Kane out, has made Alex Kane tap, and if he is allowed to make a prediction for Slaughterhouse, he, uh, he being Davy Boy Smith, is going to pin Alex Kane in the center of the ring. Um, and not just that, like, 
we got another prediction going. Next week, they're going to soften Kane up as Kane gets to wrestle a mystery opponent in an exhibition match. And that, that, ladies and gentlemen, is how we're going to end our show. So, uh, yeah, I went on way too long about the de- some of the deathmatch stuff, despite actually enjoying the match, but, you know, what do I know? Um, anyway, yeah, so, I mean, it was, a, like, outside of some, we'll call it the questionable choices, like, in a, in a vacuum... It was a good show. Uh, you should totally check it out. Um, I did enjoy it overall, and we did. We got some plot points going. We got we got Slaughterhouse shaping up nicely. Um, Selena's back. We got the partnership with CMLL. It's gonna be great. Um, in the meanwhile, like I should just take off because there's no more show to be had. Uh, you know, stay tuned for the plugs and the best ways you can support this here podcast. Check out the Urban Wrestling Network on YouTube. Urban Wrestle NW. Uh, they, they we're putting well, they mostly because uh, Chef goes out on his own a bit, but content is dropped nearly every day, uh, focusing on. MLW, and uh, they've brought back 10 pounds of pod, uh, the NWA podcast as well. So check that out. Um, In the meanwhile, I'm going to go probably watch some more wrestling unless the wife tells me otherwise. I'll see you all next week. MLW Confusion is a weekly podcast that is written and performed by Rob Kammer and hosted by Spotify for podcasters. MLW Confusion is part of the Urban Wrestling Network. You can check out the Underground Rundown on YouTube at Urban Wrestling NW. The background music for this selection is Ruined My Day by Alan Schroeder. If you enjoyed this podcast and would like to support, please like, subscribe, and tell your friends, family, and enemies. Leaving a review is also helpful. Word of mouth advertisement is very important for small podcasts, such as this one. My social media links can be found in the description, but the Twitter and Instagram is at the Nova of Cass, T-H-E-N-O-V-A-O-F-C-A-S-S, and Facebook is at MLW Confusion, one word. If you'd like to support monetarily and help upgrade my equipment, please check out my virtual tip, to, tip jar at www.kofi.com slash Casanova, that is C-A-S-S-O-N-O-V-A, or if you prefer some more bang for your buck, go to patreon.com slash C-A-S-S-O-N-O-V-A to join the MLW Confusion Patreon. For as little as $2 a month, backers get access to the podcast early and ad-free, plus other weekly exclusive content. So join the crew that is headed up by Keith Wynn, Alan Schroeder, and Alex McCarthy, and check it out. You can also find t-shirts, coffee mugs, and other merch at the Confusion Podcast store on Teespring, link below. For business inquiries, such as ads and sponsorships, please email rzcammer, K-A-M-E-R-E-R, at comcast.net. Thank you all for listening.